Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. It's Stephanie Hoff here with WIS Business, the podcast. Joining me today is Mike Thirtle, President and CEO of Bethesda, a nonprofit based in Watertown focused on supporting adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And this includes housing and employment services, but not just in Wisconsin. Bethesda serves 12 other states as well. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Great to be here, Stephanie. Thanks for, thanks for the opportunity to talk about Bethesda. To start things off, why don't you give us a quick rundown on how you got involved with Bethesda? I understand you have years of experience and service, not just in the community, but for the country. Well, I thought serving the country as a military officer, I did that for, for 22 years, um, was sort of the penultimate of service. And I, I still do believe that it's a great way to serve our, our amazing nation. Uh, but I had an opportunity to see the mission at Bethesda again, about six years ago. And when I saw what Bethesda does and what it does, it supports people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, people with autism, Down syndrome, any, any situation, any disability related to intellectual and developmental disabilities. When I saw the people, how they're touched, how the organization cares for them, um, it's truly, it's a hearts and hands kind of mission. And I was really sold. I've talked a lot on this podcast about the challenges that COVID-19 poses for several industries in Wisconsin, but Mike, what challenges has COVID-19 posed for nonprofits like yours? It's been tough, Stephanie. Um, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you it was tough. Um, we are, we've been on the front lines of this battle uh, since the first week of March. In fact, um, I just got married back in January and my wife, my wife and I were on our way back from our honeymoon and I was on conference calls and and Zoom meetings with my executive team uh, at the end of February, because we were making a decision to shelter uh, early because of our concerns of what we were seeing in the data overseas, specifically in, in Asia and Europe. And our understanding at that point, it's been verified, validated since, is that people with intellectual and developmental disabilities are at significantly higher risk um, to die from COVID. In fact, there was just a study that came out today, um, July 14th, and it study came out of the East Coast where the data was analyzed about New York and the fatality rates of people with disabilities are anywhere from three to seven times higher than the general population. And a lot of that has to do with comorbidities and those concerns. So our organization has been on red alert, if you will. We've been operating 24-7 literally since the first week of March. And as you alluded to in the introduction, we operate in 13 states. One of those is Wisconsin, uh, 13 states across the U.S., and we have 75 different geographical areas where we provide services. And so every state, every county, as you know, has different rates of spread of COVID right now. One state is up, another state is down. It's been very, very challenging for us to make sure that we keep people safe. And we've done that. Early on, our projections were that we are going to have some significant medical issues, concerns, and fatalities just because of the, the issues of people with disabilities. Um, we've lost four people in the last six months, five months. And uh, we wish we didn't lose anybody, but our projections were it could have been a lot worse. But we really, really, our staff has been amazing and extremely diligent 
and taking care of people. Um, it's been a it's been a big concern. It's going to continue to be a big concern. As you're fighting the challenges and, and trying to overcome those barriers of the pandemic, the nonprofit industry is also looking to policymakers. So what are you asking for from national state lawmakers to support your efforts? The situation that we see as a provider in Wisconsin is that this COVID-19 situation has amplified, has elucidated the kinds of challenges that we as a provider have in the state. And those challenges are is that our expenses are going way up and the Medicaid reimbursements through the state are flat and going down. One of my biggest concerns, and I've been monitoring um, various states here in the last few weeks on a public policy front, is that most, if not all, and I suspect all states will be taking cuts in their Medicaid lines for support of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And they're gonna do that because they have to pay for COVID. Um, many of the state budgets are a zero sum game right now, meaning that you have to rob Peter to pay Paul. And unfortunately, Bethesda and organizations like us are Peter and Paul is COVID in this case. And so my biggest concern is that our reimbursements are gonna go down. Um, something tricky in the state of Wisconsin too that we don't see in other states, and we, as a national provider, we get a chance to see different types of public policy models is that in the state of Wisconsin, there's these organizations called MCOs, managed care organizations. And although I understood as an economist um, why the state may have thought MCOs would be an efficient play in the public policy space, um, it's just the opposite. MCOs essentially skim reimbursements off the top from organizations like ours and don't provide value to us. And I'm concerned about that. And I'm being very direct about that because our public policymakers, I think, when they instituted this system in Wisconsin, believed that this would create a more efficient model uh, between the state and providers. And it honestly hasn't. It's created a very, very dysfunctional economic model, um, a very, very unrealistic cost-benefit structure for providers like us. And honestly, the types of interactions that we have with MCOs as providers is not very positive. And so we look at them as a hindrance in an economic sense. Um, if the state could pass those funds along to providers like us, we'd have a much higher probability of success. But what I suspect is going to happen, it's going to come out here over the next year, is that uh, COVID is going to put organizations like ours out of business. Um, it's going to put organizations out of business because they don't receive enough funding. I really, I truly hope that the state policymakers, legislators, um, the advisors to the legislators, they look at this model much more closely. And they look at other states' models as well, because there are other states that are doing a much better job and being much more efficient and effective with how dollars are spent than Wisconsin does on this front. It's unfortunate because Wisconsin's a great state, and there are great people in this state, and we want to continue to support people. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from UW-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of Wisp Politics and Wisp Business Podcast. UW-Madison is one of our state's greatest economic engines, accounting for $15 billion in economic impact statewide. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.